El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, I don't do anything at all. Joining me today, he is the front man of a fantastic rock band called Countless Thousands. Perhaps you've heard them before. He's also a future politician in the making, so... Make sure you save those votes for, ladies and gentlemen, Danger Van Gorder. Also joining me, he is the host of a wonderful podcast called Goods from the Woods. You know it's a good podcast because I've been on it. He's also a fantastic comedian and he hosts a show called Wrestling Pro Wrestling that you can go to in Burbank. Ladies and gentlemen, Rivers Lang. It's going to be a great show. everybody welcome to unpopular opinion i'm your host adam todd brown joining me as co-host today Ooh, my favorite co-host of all no co-host jeff will be back next week though <laughs> i do have a room full of guests <laughs> just bursting at the seams with guests most will remain silent this, this entire week. time though case in point budding politician mike van gorder aka danger van gorder Hi, uh, I'm, ver I'm very happy to be here. Hello, everybody. How's it it's going? been too long, Adam. Uh, we were just swapping some some weight loss stories earlier. That's fun. Yeah, that's we both one have way fun to reasons it. to lose weight. It's good. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, one way to put it. Also joining us, Rivers Langley from the Goods from the Woods podcast. Hi, how's it going? Oh, just fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good. It's uh, it's it's almost uh, Christmas time. I'm I'm getting uh, I'm getting excited. Buddy, I would wager it absolutely is Christmas time. Yeah. Because yeah, Christmas time, that's true. you yeah, can we're carry past, it all year round. We're past Thanksgiving, so yeah, the time is nigh. So this week, we are carrying on a tradition that started last week, which is <laughs> talking about some underreported news stories of 2021. Because 2021 honestly barely feels like it was a year. Like, it, it just feels like a placeholder. Because we, like, we got the vaccine... And yeah, not all of us. I was going to say we yeah, did. Not all of us. <laughs> we certainly did. <laughs> humanity received the vaccine, and it seemed for like a couple months that it was just going to be back to the freewheeling days of no masks and I don't know drinking inside a, bu a packed Buffalo Wild Wings. Which I'm going to be honest, I prefer an empty Buffalo Wild Wings any day of the week. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then it just wasn't that. There was the Delta variant that came back. Now there's the awesomely named Omicron, Omicron. variant. <laughs> That's going to be a band name someday. I was going to say, yeah, it already sounds like a metal band. Yeah. And yeah, so 2021 just felt like, like we we're still in the waiting room at the doctor's office. We just can't do shit. So a lot of news stories just slipped under our noses. Mm -hmm. And last it was week, distracting. Last week we talked about a bunch of uh, American stories because USA. But this week we're talking about some international stories. Sorta of with this first one. <laughs> 
this first one is kind of <laughs> the United American States related. plays a, I mean, an admittedly limited role in other nations and their operation and choices and whatnot. So <laughs> yes, uh, you know, yes. they're, they're going to pop up here and there when we talk about other places in the world. And the other place in the world we're talking about in this case is the UK. So of course we're going to pop Hello up. Hello there, governor. They are welcome to Julia. It happy. Wait, what did they say? Oh, they say happy Christmas. Then, <laughs> right? Christmas in, in it. it. In it. There we go. Boom. In it. Jinx. In it. Christmas in it. <laughs> Jinx. Buy me an iron brew. <laughs> so the UK, our biggest friend on the world stage, Julian Assange, was finally captured in the UK, and you know we want that guy. We want him. We want him very badly. So you would think the UK would be like, of course we will extradite Julian Assange to your country. But no, I somehow missed this story completely. But a judge in the UK basically said Julian Assange is too depressed (laughs) to be locked up in your prisons. (laughs) Damn. Which is probably true because our prisons are horrifying. That was UK Magistrates Court District Judge Vanessa Bereitzer. I mean, can we just call her barrister? Because I think that's their word for lawyer. It is their word for makes this whole thing a lot more fun. But no, we will call her by her name because she did a good thing. Fine. Or is she just sort of setting up uh, the storyline for when they do hand him over and he commits suicide? They're like, oh, well, the British said he was pretty sad. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I could see that. (laughs) <laughs> it's a storyline, you know, the uh, whatever, the James Bond people got in touch with the CIA, Jack Ryan people, and uh, they're just making, you know, they're, there's a, it's a little bit of a storyline going on. Yeah, there's absolutely no way this guy's going on trial if he, if he no. gets here. Like, that's, that's going to be a Jeffrey Epstein situation. People aren't going to want him to testify about anything. So in her ruling, Judge Barrettser cited a 2017 report from the Lowenstein International Human Rights Clinic at Yale Law School. We will link to this. It is wild. When it gets into the specific things it found in these jails, man, it's too long for us to read it all here, but I'll link to it. Go read it. They were describing the conditions at a supermax prison where people suspected of terrorism-related crimes are held. And Julian Assange would almost certainly get sent to one of those. This is a quote. The prolonged isolation and sensory deprivation experienced by prisoners constitutes cruel and unusual punishment and can rise to the level of torture under the Eighth Amendment and international human rights laws. It's awesome that a UK judge has to, like, law-splain to the American judicial system its own laws and be like, hey, solitary confinement is cruel and unusual punishment— and you shouldn't be doing it. And in this rare case, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm. I'm not gonna let a little bit more of that happen. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, it's you know they're basically explaining that you know in other countries jail is what it's supposed to be, which is to just simply separate you from the general population until you've you know served your time or whatever. As opposed to yeah, so a you punish- can do uh, Michael Jackson uh, viral videos. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna so, say not in all. Best- not all jails. Well, yeah, but I mean, as opposed to what ours is, which is like, oh, and it's a punishment on top of that. Like being yeah. there is torture every day because you're either by yourself or you're with other people where there's, you know, uh, horrifying crimes against humanity being committed all the time, either from the, uh, you know, the, the, guards the people, or the, of, inmates. Oh, oh, the guards or the inmates. Exactly. Speaking of Julian Assange, 
We also found out this year that back in 2017, the CIA just wanted to straight up assassinate Julian Assange. Jesus Christ. And this was a conversation that apparently went all the way up to the top of the Trump administration, if you can believe that. The part I can't believe is that they didn't assassinate they didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Julian Assange. They also had plans to spy on WikiLeaks associates, steal their electronic devices. And this was all out of the one thing you hope doesn't direct the actions of our government agencies. Revenge. What? Yeah. Because WikiLeaks at one point posted, it's called Vault 7, and it was basically a a bunch of really sensitive CIA hacking tools, like the shit the CIA uses to probably break into our computers and much more sophisticated computers. And WikiLeaks just posted it online. And the CIA was like, you motherfuckers. And yeah. that's when they decided they wanted to assassinate Julian Assange. But we didn't. You keep saying we. The like... United States. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't want. I don't want responsibility for the worst elements of the most bloodthirsty governments. And I mean, I, I I just feel like 2017 Trump's in charge. The only reason Julian Assange wasn't executed is because, like, well, you know, WikiLeaks kind of helped people distrust all institutions, and that sort of fed my campaign. Then maybe we do it again. Yeah, or they're just you know holding it for the spectacle of when he's coming off the airplane and then accidentally gets sucked into the jet engine as soon as he lands <laughs> in America. Yeah, I've seen that episode of Firefly. Yeah, we're gonna see it. That's the thing. Yeah, if they actually do it, we'll we'll see it. It'll be in front of everybody. Yeah, just the fact that it would have been an action against just one person surprises me a little that Trump didn't just sign off on it because that seemed to be his shit oh yeah he was all for a targeted assassination i feel like he was a little more anti-war than the republican establishment was wanting him to be i think that's why john bolton bolted because uh he wanted to invade iran and trump did not like yeah well it's a it's complicated it's hard to understand and it's bad it's bad press (laughs) yeah but like, like literally, it's that simple. It's it's like, well, this is too hard. I'd have to, you know, talk more than I want to, and uh, it's it's not a good deal. It's not a good deal, folks. Yeah, <laughs> For everyone me. sucks here. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're like, no, don't make me think that's a good idea. Uh huh. Yeah, Way what? Invading Iran? Clock. No, no. I mean, don't <laughs> well, make me also f- yes. That not. Let's not invade Iran. Please, no, let's no. not invade Iran. But I just hate having to be on the side of. You know, the asshole where I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's a dumb reason to not, you know, to arrive at being anti-war, but at least you're there. Look, (laughs) occasionally being on the same side as the worst person that you can imagine helps the critique of everything else. Because I feel there's so many people out there, so many people I'm related to that it's just like, you know, because you're on this team, you're my enemy. It's like, okay, well, I'm on that team. And I think that maybe occasionally you shouldn't have to pay so much for healthcare. No, I won't to. Do you? I don't. Okay, well, then maybe we should do something about it. No. It's, yeah, it's just that. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> so, like, occasionally when it can be like, hey, you know what? That uh, that Republican John Huntsman, he's a, he's a, he's a good egg or something like that. You know, just, just rhetorically, just not hating everybody across all teams when they show some degree of backbone is very helpful, but people, people don't seem to want to do it. People call you a centrist when you do mm-hmm. that. And here's yeah. the thing. Let's, let's call me a centrist, I dare you. 
here's I mean, the thing well, when that all when that talk all started how there's one side or the other side we were talking about nazis like that's that's where that started and i think right. we could all agree that you should be against nazis like there's no debate there yeah. but when it I becomes got a song about that but when it becomes stuff like should we have a national broadband internet system that anyone can uh, access for free that's not the same thing like no, saying, yeah. oh, yeah, like, yes, I get that Trump is the one pushing it, but we need that. Like, right. that's not the same thing as saying, let's hear the Nazis out. And <laughs> right, right. I feel like people have really lost sight of that. And it makes me sad because I feel like right now we have two sides in this country that are dominating everything. And they are both a bunch of fucking fundamentalists. And it drives me insane because it's exactly that thing that we just mentioned where, all right, this side likes it. We got to hate it. Like there's no, yeah, there, there is no way around it. And that just allows a terrible government to keep being terrible because yeah. 50% of the country is always going to be on their side. Yeah. So what the, what the fuck? Can we do? I've been doing a little bit of a little bit of light reading here, and I'm uh, getting to yes, uh, a, a product of the, the what is it, the Harvard Negotiation Project, and it's just like don't dig into like positional negotiation. Just say what you need. Focus on what you need. Focus on the issues. Don't worry about who's saying what, and don't be too attached to any one particular solution. Um, and and go from there. Like yeah, I Donald Trump is a ghoul. Ronald Reagan's the worst thing ever happened to this country. Um, but like, I can't, let's talk about healthcare. Let's talk about childcare. Let's maybe get people fucking vaccinated. What, what oh was my the, God. It's still a thing. What was the name of that publication? <laughs> Getting to yes. A product of the Harvard negotiation project. Oh, okay. Uh. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like their, uh, their professor, uh, Henry Kissinger, he got to yes by bombing Thailand, Laos and Cambodia. This you was know? after that. <laughs> it was after that. Okay. Right yeah. On. This is, this is learning lessons from, uh, bombs as negotiation or maybe not. I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's from before my time is gotcha. I'm reading the second edition or something. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about another overseas story that definitely involves the United States in some respect. Remember when we pulled out of Afghanistan and it all went great and quote unquote things are awesome over there now and we only left like a hundred American citizens behind who I'm sure have been brought home by now. None of that happened. What actually happened is pulling out of Afghanistan was a clusterfuck. And according to uh possibly the State Department, there are as many as fourteen thousand Legal U.S. residents still stuck in Afghanistan, which is uh, that's a few 9-11s. That's like a a mid-sized Iowa city just stuck in stuck in Afghanistan. Yeah, it was uh, the State Department is the one that believes it's this many people. And it's one of those things like we were just talking about where it's only Republicans who are like, is it really 14,000? If so, you need to give us some details. Uh-huh. And Democrats are like, yeah, we're not going to criticize our own side. Like, Maybe we should. Everyone yeah. should be mad about this. And the fact that it's not bigger news is very troubling because 14,000 is a lot of fucking people. I mean, are these people that want to be back home? 
If it was fourteen hundred, I'd be like, God damn, send a helicopter. For sure, that's a lot. I'd yeah. I, I don't know if are these people who were forgotten, left behind, or who actively chose to stay. Like I, there's there's some degree of individual agency at work there. Because yeah, that's a that's a terrific amount of people. But like, I, I don't know. Were, were, did, did everybody get a plane ticket and they just sort of missed the shot? What no. happened? No, they've been asking government officials, U.S. government officials about this. And the line that people keep getting is, well, we don't we don't keep track of legal permanent residents when they travel <laughs> abroad. And it's uh-huh. like you don't keep track of legal permanent residents who travel to Afghanistan. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. How yeah. stupid do you think we are? You know where every one of those people are. You know when yeah. they left. You know if they should be back in the country by now. Get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. they know who these people are. And, like, I assume if they were like, none of them want to go back, they would just say that. Yeah. Who are they? I mean, I guess that's the question that was just got asked. But, like, I mean. I well, mean, they said got- they were in, in their evacuation efforts. They just straight up said we're focusing on, like, citizens first and then legal permanent residents. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, later. so wait, so these are just people with green cards that yes. that are oh, uh-huh. oh, that's fucked up. Oh, okay. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, it's All almost right. like a backdoor deportation kind of. This sounds like something that literally every American administration would do going back 30 plus years. It's just like, oh, yeah, you know what? Those uh, those people that wanted to come in. Yeah, we don't have to sort of let them in if we we sort of lose track of them. Whoops. Whoopsie daisy. That's so fucked up. Oh my god! So they just uh, they just kind of uh, they they uh, took them uh, as we say back down south. Uh, snipe hunting. We're like, oh yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna look for that uh, that rare bird, the snipe, and then they just left them in a cornfield. Except this cornfield is uh, the, uh, the you know uh, Afghanistan uh, ap- apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, uh, the uh, theocracy apocalypse. Theocalypse. Theocalypse. It's Much not gonna like be not gonna be the end of wordplay like that on this episode. I betcha. <laughs> Hey, let's talk about Pfizer. I know we all love it. Inherent- Before we get into this, I do have to say I, I, um, I had a trip out to New York and happened to walk by the Pfizer building and there's like a security guard out front. And I was just like, tell them I said thank you. You know, for it, it's not often that, uh, you know, a, a medical company is going to be the, the big hero pharmaceutical company coming through, you know, yeah, with as many the- advertisements as we see for drugs that none of us really need. <laughs> Because here's the thing, as if, <laughs> as if they had a choice. Imagine if sure. the government went to Pfizer and was like, hey, you want to whip up a vaccine? And they were like, no, we're just going to weather this storm and work on drugs that don't treat cancer at all. <laughs> like, had that happened, <laughs> we would have probably shut Pfizer down. So it's not like Pfizer did this out of the goodness of their heart. Sure. It's just their job to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and they did. They did a bang up job making the vaccine, getting it out to 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 to, uh, to some people. But they're also that might be the sticking point here, right? But they're also still a pharmaceutical company, which means at the end of the day, they are the actual devil. Yes. So it shouldn't surprise anyone that Pfizer, while they've been really helpful in curbing the pandemic a bit in the United States, they're a lot less interested in doing that in Latin America. They've been far less helpful in Latin America to the point that officials in some countries who in some cases don't even want to be named because they're so scared of Pfizer. 
And that's uh, the country, not the individual, not the officials. The countries don't want to be named because right. they're afraid of this company. Right. Basically what's happening is Pfizer created this vaccine and other countries obviously want the right or ability to produce it in their country and use it on their citizens. And use it on? Yeah. That's Freudian, <laughs> Freudian slip. To do the vaccine upon them. <laughs> yeah. And what Pfizer has been doing is using these intellectual property laws that they put in place uh, prior to all of this to make these really exorbitant demands on these countries. And in some cases, it's they want like embassy buildings and military bases. A company wants a military base and an what an ambassador? Like, oh yes, I'm yeah, Pfizer's I mean, ambassador to Colombia. Far be it for me to imply that maybe Pfizer and the U.S. government would be working in tandem. But yeah, okay. Well, either way, I don't want my pharmaceutical companies acting like a nation state. That seems I was about fair. To say, yeah. Well, well, welcome, welcome to Paul Verhoeven pre- presents Nicaragua. Like, this is yeah. fucking terrifying. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, then do something about it because it's happening. Yeah. Like, that's how they're operating. And they kind of have a Pfizer, at least, has kind of a history of doing this in Latin America. They're just not that interested in uh, fixing poor people, to put it mildly. What do you think Pfizer's going to do with those military bases? Now, are, they, are these brand new military bases? Like, they want. They, Maybe they, they want, want them the, built. Oh, 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 my God. Because I, I genuinely can't figure out what's worse is like. A, uh, pharmaceutical company saying we want your base or no 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 we want a base next to your base that like looks at your base in like all your base or belong to us thing like it's all so bad what the hell could they possibly want that for well you know what i'm hoping for aerosolized viagra get the get the enemies all horned up with some uh some blue smoke if they're gonna be a military let's uh let's do it the right way What's that would slow them down if they're trying to run? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like ah, I'm too too boned up to fight right now. Sorry, because <laughs> all war right now is 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 army based. Yeah, uh, and is not building to building guerrilla or information. Ugh. We have okay. the prettiest wars right now because they're because the battlefields are so clear. Wait till the space wars start. Those are coming soon. Ooh, oh, thanks. Uh, well, the the thing about what they want the basis for, it's not at all concerning or anything we should be worried about. It's just they want them as a guarantee against the cost of any future legal cases that might result as uh, from the rollout of the vaccine. Wait, uh. so so if someone sues them, they can just take they just they take say, over. They can slide a military base across the table and be like. <laughs> Lo siento, oh. Abuelita. Please take this tank. Wow. Are you still sick? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they want, like, if they get sued because the vaccine hurts someone or what, that it's specifically if they get sued for adverse side effects. So if, if what's his dick, Juan Guaido, who thinks he's the president of, uh, what was that, Brazil? If he just sort of... Oh God, Venezuela. Show, thank you. Show my ignorance here. If he just shows up like, oh, man, I got a cough because of this uh, injection. Uh, Pfizer, you better give me this military base so that I can complete this coup that's still not working out very well. I mean, I think the idea is that they would be able to sell off the military base and pay their to, legal costs. To, to anybody in particular? Who's in the market? They could put that on Craigslist? Probably Juan Guaido. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
they got to get that Venezuela coup done someday. Right, right. I oh, wish them this... all of the no luck in the world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, right, right wannabe right wing strongmen. There's a there's a pill company that's got a military base to sell you. <laughs> yeah. Talk to yeah. your doctor today about an actual military. Yeah. So this has been causing vaccine delays in some countries. In one country, it was a three month delay. Uh, people Jesus. definitely dying that whole time. There were a couple countries that just never came to an agreement at all. Argentina and Brazil both. Not like Brazil needs vaccines. So yeah, Pfizer is is playing hardball with Latin America over giving them access to the COVID vaccine, which that's cool. Wow, what a good thing to do. (laughs) So next time you see that security guard, tell him he said, fuck you. I mean, I'm not going back to New York anytime soon, but I'll say, call him. Okay, all right. Do it now. I'll, I'll get the number. And they'll be like, all right, so thanks for me, but I have some notes vis-a-vis very large countries to our south, lots of people. And if you're, if you're wondering why they would specifically do this in Latin American countries, uh, it should be a pretty easy answer. It's because those countries' population doesn't have the same kind of money that America has or their country in general doesn't mm-hmm. have the kind of money we uh-huh. have. So they're going to make less money on the covid vaccine down there so why bother with it like why not just make it as hard as possible so they can focus on the places where they will make money thank you mm-hmm. I, uh, why why just pfizer is is moderna american or is that a european company they're german okay i mean i'm sure moderna is doing it's just pfizer is the one that got called Caught. out for it yeah. most recently okay. yeah but not very loudly, because here we are talking about it on the shit-you-missed list. Exactly. Now, this next story, uh, uh, people probably didn't miss it. It's just that after it happened, no one ever really followed up on it. And I'm talking about all the fun stuff that happened in Belarus this <laughs> oh, year. Oh, yes, my favorite. Banner year for Europe's last dictator, Alexander Lukashenko. He's been in charge in Belarus for 27 years now. Yikes. Like, he is a legitimate dictator, and he is actually Europe's last. He used to seem relatively harmless on the world stage. He had, at one point, there was a big tech boom in Belarus, and it happened mostly because people who didn't like Lukashenko made a face swap app that would put his face on your face, and then you could (laughs) talk, and it would look like, Lukashenko and he fucking loved it. He was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. More internet in Belarus, please. And we did not predict a narcissist would like this face swap app so much. <laughs> that, you sure that's a Belarus accent? Nope, just, not at all. You just guess in there. So Lukashenko problem is he fucked all that tech hub goodwill up by uh, really cracking down on the internet especially and people who criticize him on the internet to the point that a lot of the the people who helped fuel that tech boom have since left because the crackdowns are getting pretty intense. Case in point, Belarus basically hijacked a commercial plane just so they could arrest a dissident journalist this year that happened in class act it was man this was bold like this is a bold act for any government but especially belarus like (laughs) yeah what they did is it was a ryanair flight from 
oh, well, there's your problem right there. <laughs> Fucking, if you paid 20 bucks to fly from Minsk to Paris, uh, it's not going to be great. The Ryanair, they still got the propellers on the plane. Fuck that <laughs> shit. The, the flight was actually from Athens to Lithuania. And when they got over Minsk, <laughs> Belarusian <laughs> officials radioed to the plane and they were like, bomb threat, you have to land. They made all the people that were pedaling the bicycle pedals to make the plane go. They made them stop pedaling. Okay, you act like we don't have frontier airlines in this country. You ever been on that bicycle of a plane? That's a hey, bus no, in I'm, the sky. Hey, I've been I've been flying uh, Spirit Air uh, every year. Same. I love it. We've we've uh, talked about this before. Big seat. Frontier ain't Spirit. That's for damn sure. <laughs> so, yeah, they they diverted this flight. And when it landed, they arrested a guy named Roman Protasevich and his girlfriend for good measure. And it turns out, if you can believe this, that bomb threat wasn't real. They just mm. called that in to get them to land the plane. Shocking. Shocking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they, they essentially hijacked this plane. They just did it through tomfoolery as opposed to with physical force just so they could arrest this guy. And it, that's kind of where the story ended. And there's sort of good news. I mean, they coerced a confession out of him. That, that wasn't great. But I, I looked into it. Wait, and they, they coerced a confession out of the journalist for being a dissident journalist? Yeah, yeah. That doesn't seem like that hard of a thing to do if you've published what you, how you feel. Yeah, you could just like post his articles and be like, see, he's yeah. a dissident. But he's still alive. And recently, he and his girlfriend were moved to house arrest. So it seems like things are going in a positive trajectory. And maybe Lukashenko, like, as opposed to being, like, full-on torture, he's just like a grab-you-by-the-lapels guy and be like, stomach! For, they're like, fine, dude. And he's like, house arrest. You'll actually enjoy it. You won't have all the responsibilities of a person that has to go out into the world. Yeah, we we kind of just got over that as a people. Um, oh, did yeah, did either. did did y'all talk about Lukashenko during uh, COVID at all? Because his uh, thing he said when COVID first started was incredible. Where he, I think, uh, the quote was something like, "It was like uh, people in tractors do not get COVID." get on your tractors, the tractor and the field will heal you. Like he was basically like, if you work hard, you won't get sick. <laughs> Our potato yields have gone down. <laughs> he told, to he told everyone to drink vodka and work the fields. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is, this is absolutely a potato-based policy. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to keep people apart. Like that's social distancing. How close can two tractors get? That's a, I mean, it's a good point. But <laughs> Big-ass wheels. It yeah. did not stop him from getting COVID, which he did. Yeah. The good ones yeah. never die from it. I forgot about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, the, the next bit of crazy Belarus news, Bella News, as we call it, happened at the 2020 Summer Olympics, which happened in 2021. Sprinter Kristina Timanovskaya, who represented Belarus, had the gall to criticize one of her coaches, publicly and when she did that lukashenko himself was like uh you got to come back we're gonna we're gonna talk and she was informed of this in person two people from the belarus government showed up at her dorm in the olympic village and were like big guy wants you home 
You got to go back home. You shouldn't have criticized because sports in Belarus are like a national, like a, a government run thing. And he uses it as propaganda like so many dictators do. So this was a big transgression. And they were like, uh, you got to pack up your shit and go home. And she was like, all right, I'll be there. And instead, she fucking went to Poland. Hell yeah. Poland was like, yeah, we'll give you political asylum here. Yeah. And- stay- now stay the fuck off Ryanair. Don't go yeah. anywhere near Ryanair. <laughs> Yeah, that's my question. How comfortable do you think she is flying these just days? Just don't fly over. Yeah, just I guess just physically don't fly over go Minsk. over Belarus, and you'll be yeah. Just just keep it east or west. Don't go any other way. How excited are we about Bitcoin becoming legal tender in El Salvador? <laughs> this is like one a of very those things. Bad idea. This is I'll one of those honest. things, and I hear that I hear, and I'm just like. All right, you sure? <laughs> We're I filling had, Fort Knox with Beanie Babies. I had $500 yeah. in Bitcoin uh, for about seven months, and it fluctuated between $330 and like $506. And eventually I was like, fuck this. I, I hope you and got like, out at that uh, plus six mark. I did. Yeah, I got out at a decent point. Yeah. But like a government? Like a government is going to do this? And it is a government thing. Like they've issued their own official wallet that you can keep your Bitcoin in. And there's like people all around the country who are accepting Bitcoin. And God damn, that seems dangerous. Yeah. I know El Salvador is not exactly crushing it economically, but I don't know, man. The blockchain may not be where it's at moving forward. I just desperately want to see an interview with like El Salvador's president or prime minister or whoever's in charge. And they just cut to him and he's got the sideways hat and he's just like, dude, but did you see fucking Elon on Rogan, bro? Do you see fucking either that yeah. or they ask him how he came to this decision and he just turns his laptop around and there's just some scam email on the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about Bitcoin to have a lot of thoughts on this. It just, I don't know. People are really rushing into to crypto. Like we changed the name of the Staples Center and everything. Yeah, I was about to say, what is this? It's like the crypto center or some shit now. Crypto.com arena. Oh God. Like who Lord. fucking cares? You're that loyal to Staples? Come on. No, but it's just like shit. bizarre to be like, yes, I'm going to see a basketball game at the crypto.com arena. Mm-hmm. Like it's a secret or something. Well, as, as we've mentioned on this pod before, it's just going to end up being called the crypt, and that's great. Oh, that is, uh, okay. okay. Yeah. That sounds yeah, way fine. better than, oh, I'm going to hang out by Staples. Okay, uh, like, I am actually interested in uh, the ESPN 30 for 30 Tales from the Crypt about whatever basketball see? team that's good. Yeah, see? okay. <laughs> Does anyone anyone on here own any Bitcoin? No. You ever dabbled? I have I have. I have dollars and I have guitars. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be I, one of those people? I mean, that's just where the money goes for I me. bet you were a treat when smartphones were coming out. And I liked playing Snake on my phone. Let's see. But for a while, I was like, oh, what are you going to do? You're going to break your phone. Who needs all that? Then eventually I got one and it was fine. Oh, uh, yeah. They're fun. I'm sorry. I don't expect the same thing for crypto and fucking Bitcoin and NFTs and Olestra and all that bullshit. Olestra. Olestra. I will lump that. It's a fucking fad, man. It's a fad. What is Olestra? Because- Olestra is that uh, that stuff in the late 90s. They made those Olean chips out of. Oh, yeah. you, I like, thought you, like, that's what you were talking about. Shit your brains out if you ate the Wow Doritos. At is that. Is that coming back? Did no, I inadvertently I'm, just, I'm lumping some... in Olest. I'm lumping in NFTs with Olestra. 
and blockchain, all that shit. Like, I just don't see it being sustainable. I think the Beanie Babies comparison earlier was a little stronger. Yeah. I only have so many references, so. I I generally, with all of this stuff, and I include gambling in this as well, I'm not smart enough with numbers to even do it like when people go to vegas they're like yeah we're gonna gamble and i'm like i no i don't want to think about fucking math i just want to like drink and watch movies and you know do fun stuff like all that shit sucks to me and so nfts doge dodge coin like all, all that shit i'm just like no i don't I don't have time for this i would rather not have money and never think about math in my entire life okay like if you had money you could just hire someone to think about it for you yeah, yeah. If someone wants to give me money, I will then flip that money into hiring someone to think about math. So I don't but have in order to. to get the first money, you got to think about math. Yeah, like I was talking to my my cousin who uh, is like very into all of that stuff, and he's trying to explain it to me. He's like, "You don't have any interest," and I'm like, and "I'm like, no, I have zero interest in this." And he just like couldn't believe it. I'm like, "Because it would involve me thinking about things I don't want to. I don't care. Who cares? I'm not doing all that." So as far as like crypto goes, yeah, you're just kind of like for me anyway. I'm just I'm like I'm just gonna stay back and not uh, not do that unless somebody wants to help me out. Uh, if someone listening wants to, uh, I'll give. How about this? If somebody knows what they're doing and wants to message me, we can talk, and I might let go of like a hundred bucks and just to see what happens. But uh, I'm just saying, dude, I have run into a lot of people in uh, who are clerks at bicycle shops or like people I sat next to at the library who have just been like, yeah, I have like a hundred thousand dollars with the Bitcoin right now. It's going great for me. I'm like, okay, um, yeah, can I ha- can I have another set of tubes for my bicycle, please? Yeah, you know? yeah. Did you see the news this morning? You have $40,000 worth of Bitcoin right now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of shady money, remember the Pandora Papers? I do. What oh, a huge scandal that no one cared about. Not you enough could... people cared about it. It was this massive collaborative investigation involved more than 650 reporters from around the world. Wow. And it exposed all of these financial misdeeds carried out by some of the biggest world leaders, like not just world leaders, but very prominent people, something like 300. And no one in the U.S. cared about it at all because it was all people mostly overseas. Like Putin was on the list doing some shenanigans. He, I think, was the most notable name, I think. Wasn't it ben, was, uh, ben Salman on there as well? Oh, I'm sure. Like, it, it was a ton of people. No. It's worth looking into if for no other reason than reading it is actually very entertaining. Because when it gets into the type of crimes people were pulling off, it's like movie shit. Like, that at one point, these a kid had a $33 million apartment in his name because it helped the parents avoid paying taxes on it. So uh, this is a Richie Rich situation? Kinda, yeah. Tony Blair was buying a new office or something, or building a new office, and he didn't want to pay taxes on that so he bought an offshore company and had them buy and pay for the office so it like circumvented him altogether and he didn't have to pay the same taxes as he would have in england where apparently you pay taxes to build an office which is that is that always a thing yeah uh, development taxes a thing with every kind of uh yes it's a thing it's a thing okay it's a thing rivers oh okay i'm gonna buy i'm gonna do it then I agree. (laughs) 
I'm going to build an office in England and you can't stop me. And it's going to be the best Bitcoin office in all of Lancaster. <laughs> it also revealed a bunch of stuff about what these world leaders own, like how the King of Jordan owns three adjacent oceanfront properties in Malibu. I'm not mad at that one bit. That's I don't dope. know, man. I don't want a king owning shit in America. Is that weird? I just... What's he gonna do? All those guns in Malibu? What do you think the King of Jordan's gonna do? It's just I, the, the title in in America. It's just I don't. I, I just want America's I, supposed to have no kings, man. I I want to know which one because you know, fun fact about California is that all of our coast is public land, so there's nothing to stop me from building a sandcastle in the king's backyard. I can just <laughs> fucking I can do whatever I want out there. So I just need to know where it's at because I want to go hang out, see what's up. I'm sure we could find it. Yeah. And I'm sure that's a very safe and reasonable thing to do. Just go hunting around for the King of Jordan's property. Like Danger said, he is a king. Like, And he has ready access to the ocean, which <laughs> I would argue makes trying to hunt his place down a little dangerous because hmm. the ocean is just for dumping bodies. <laughs> There's that's no other reason people should be in the ocean. You feed the sharks, and then you get back on land. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so, yeah, the Pandora Papers. It did also reveal interesting things like how South Dakota, where I used to live, is now kind of like the Cayman Islands of the U.S. Uh, in that it's very beautiful, and there's a tropical climate year-round. Uh, actually, no. It's just a good place for evil rich people to hide their money. And I don't know if people ever realize that about South Dakota. It's like a big banking hub. Like there's a bunch of banks that have like a headquarters there, if it's not their it's main like, headquarters. It's like them in Delaware, right? Yeah. If you yeah. Like if you have a debit card or a credit card, look on back and there's a good chance the like customer service address is going to be South Dakota. I found it, by the way, 29140, 29150, and 29208, Cliffside Drive, Malibu, California. And uh, it's it's oceanfront, but it's not beachfront. It's on a cliff mm. that overlooks the ocean, so it's not really not really you super can, accessible. You can oh, make some gotta... elaborate sand drawings or, like, big middle finger if you're like, hey, I'm going to protest that, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not and super can... on board or not super uh, uh, current with the uh, Jordanian policy right now. I'm I'm hoping they're good actors, but who knows. Yeah, and you can also like that cliff's going to be handy for tossing political dissidents <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you just send the you send the employees down to the beach to get all dirty taking him out to the outer space of Earth, which is the ocean. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know where this is, right, Adam? Uh, and I'm not making this up. This is literally at Point Doom uh, over there at uh, in Malibu. It's spe- I do it's like not, it's spelled D U M E, but uh, still, Point Doom is where the, the King of Jordan lives. I like all of this, even the yeah. part where we just dox the King of Jordan. Hey, it's literally the second Google search. If you just type in King of Jordan Malibu address, it comes right up. I didn't dox him. Fucking, uh, what is this? Uh, shout, out to, shout out to therealdeal.com, uh, Los Angeles' <laughs> number one real estate website. You got Google doxed. Yeah. <laughs> Get it? Danger. Yeah. Google yeah, that's doxed. That's good. That's strong. Like Google good. Docs. I love it. All right. Let's close out this episode the same way we closed out last week's episode with a segment called People Who Died. And yes, I do know that's a great song. How many of these did we remember? There were there were a few on here that 
did not make it onto my radar. But m- more than last episode, I remembered most of these people. Anyone? What was it? You, sorry, were you asking? Um, I, was, I was asking like how many you remember. Definitely you know? remember the loss of uh, the great DMX, Larry King, the OG, R.I.P. He was a real <laughs> one. John I was McAfee, just asking. I, remember- I was just at, we're going to go through them. I was just asking for like a general but, number. Um, oh, I, I want to say a little <laughs> over half. I was very aware of. And then there's one name on here I don't even recognize. So I'm. I don't want to say who, though. There's uh, uh, On the list that you sent, uh, that was me finding out Larry Flint died. I did not know that Larry Flint had passed away. Yeah, there were there were a few like that for me, where I was like, oh, shit. Really? They died? Yeah. Uh, but Larry King, yeah. Larry King, though, is one that I thought happened uh, less recently. I thought I thought he died, like, a while ago. But I mean, he's kind of been an animate corpse for a fair few years he's just a very well-spoken animate oh corpse for a while. god i mean he was old in the 90s yeah you know that's that's the that's the classic uh old guy right there larry king i remember uh you know conan o'brien pretty much every show in like the mid-2000s that was the joke is it's larry king is old so he's a classic uh old guy it's kind of it's always kind of shocking when classic old people die like don <laughs> like don rickles has been had but he was old since the 60s and he yeah. and when he died you're like like, God damn, we're losing our we're losing our old people. Didn't think it was possible. Yeah. B. Arthur, all the Golden Girls, you know, you're like, damn, they are like classic old people. DMX, we all remember. Mm-hmm. That one was sad. Oh, uh, Earl. Yeah. Goodbye, Earl. <laughs> Lee Scratch Perry. Danger, is that the one you didn't recognize? No, I he's further down. But I did not hear that Lee that Lee Perry died. I remember vaguely hearing this. But yeah, it didn't it didn't stick in my craw. I, I had to be reminded that that one happened. Oh, Donald Rumsfeld. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This Good. one I remember because I remember going, oh, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. 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 R- Rummy and Powell going in the same year is, it's, uh, you know. It's good. It's a good thing, but it made me feel uh, made me feel old. I was like, oh yeah, the villains of my childhood are they're going they're going out like candles, folks. But Dick Cheney sticking around, mm-hmm. classic old guy. Dick Him Cheney was old in the Nixon administration. He had six heart attacks in a movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a movie yeah. that was based in fact. <laughs> it yeah, is very it's... good too. Yeah, it's good, but I also didn't. I feel like it made Dick Cheney look a little too capable. Fun. Oh. Ugh. Uh, Ned Beatty died. Oh. Didn't hear that one. I didn't hear... Yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of remember hearing about that, but I'd forgotten. Yeah, that's, that's one that I had completely forgotten. Uh, yeah. Larry, Larry Flint. Oh, before we before mentioned. we move on from Ned Beatty, I just wanted to say that my uh, my dad, uh, when I was 11 years old, I was in Boy Scouts and we were going on our first canoe trip. And my dad was like, hey, you're going canoeing. My favorite uh, movie of all times about a canoe trip. <laughs> and my father and I sat there and ate KFC and watched Deliverance uh, oh when I was God. 11 years old. So uh, I remember Ned Beatty uh, very <laughs> that was well. the last time you saw him. Uh, yeah, pretty much until I until I got a hold of Network and it blew my fucking mind, man. Yeah, that that's a weird thing to show your kid before they're going on their first canoe trip. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. I mean, he granted he went with me, so you know, but still, yeah. it was it was still, you know, I, I always always think about that. My mom had book club that night, so my dad was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna eat KFC and watch fucking Deliverance." The KFC part's cool. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I fuck with KFC. They had the honey barbecue bites at the time. It was you know it was nineteen ninety nine. I'm an, or, I'm an original recipe guy now. 
I used oh, to always sure, sure. be the extra crispy, but that original, that OR, it's got more spice, <laughs> more flavor. Yeah. Norm MacDonald died. We all remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a real one. Yep. That was, that was public. It was also very recent, too. Yeah. And we're all we're all comedy fans here, so that, right. that, that sticks. Yeah, that one definitely that one definitely stuck. But I think these next three are more recent. And there's a big one that I just did not like somehow just was not on my radar. But uh Dean Stockwell. Yeah, who's uh, that? Yeah, Sam. What? Oh who's... Quantum Quantum Leap, motherfucker. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. So I didn't watch it a little before my time. Wow. Before my time too, I've seen it. Bernie Madoff. I huh. Yeah. I guess I just took one. it for granted that he died a long time ago. Like I assumed he would have been beat to death in prison. Is that what <laughs> happened? <laughs> I didn't like look into this. I just like pulled up a list of people who died. And I think he got COVID, I want to say. Oh, did he? That's funny. Is that right? Uh, I know. Yeah, let's go I to know, the tape. Well, I know Phil Spector got COVID while he was in prison. Oh, Bernie Madoff pulled off scams and then got killed by a scam. <laughs> COVID. Scam. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That was oh, the, that never was mind. Hypertension, heart attack. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, well. Never Going, mind. Yeah, that's, I, gone in that's, his prime. I was I was thinking of Phil Spector. That's that's the one that, that COVID got, got in prison. Yeah, that's a boring death. Heart what? attack. I mean, it's not. Oh, oh, I thought you meant just Phil Spector. I was like, well, I mean, though he'd be a monster, that Christmas album, that shit still slaps, and he's not oh, singing yeah. on it, so. Yeah, we, we talked about Phil Spector on the last episode. Oh, good, the, uh, good. He, he was a character. He was the... <laughs> He was the shoot a gun while you're in the studio. I was going to say, the list list of musicians he pulled a knife on was legendary. John Lennon, Joey Ramone, Johnny Ramone, all the greats. Which, again, speaks to how great of a producer he was, because I'm sure that wasn't a secret (laughs) that he's going to pull out a weapon at some point. People are still like, I'm fine. Let's do it. He would walk into the studio with a pistol belt and his spurs a jingle jangling. People knew what was (laughs) up. He's a fucking maniac. Uh, in the last death, John McAfee. Oh yeah. man, and went out like a troll too. And the bet, I mean, uh, honestly, when you live the kind of life that he lived, that's the only way you can go out. We're telling everybody that you would never kill yourself, and then absolutely killing yourself. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> that's that's what he did. Man, that guy was a character. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, he was involved in. Uh, have you watched Generation Hustle on yeah. HBO Max? He was yeah. involved in the scam that took place in the town that I was uh, born in, the one next door to where I grew up, Opelika, where he was announced as like the backer of that Kyle Sandler guy who ripped off the whole town and stole like nine million dollars. Oh yeah. And as soon as I heard John McAfee and Opelika, Alabama, mentioned in the same like headline, when that, I immediately started like following that story and. Uh, and then all the way through until the whole the big grand reveal that the guy was a con artist and then John McAfee had to be like, oh, I didn't know anything about this. Not a mm. thing. Danger, you haven't seen Generation Hustle? No, no. It's sorry. on HBO Max. Uh, so, give it a yeah. watch. The Scam Rap episode is fucking amazing. That's one yes. of the coolest things I've ever seen. It's a documentary series about scams pulled off by like young people in yeah it's mo- uh, modern modern day con artists yeah yeah and yeah, yeah the the rap episode is the most amazing thing i've yeah. ever seen do uh do we have any final thoughts on john mcafee i feel like we made it we made it all the way to the end no final thoughts on anything he's, else he's just weird john McAfee. and his beard made me uncomfortable 
he made me uncomfortable. Yeah. There was a there was a scene in I watched some show he was on. It might have been the Generation Hustle thing, but he was like filming himself and he started doing this thing with his tongue and it's like, oh, "Man, God. man, <laughs> you you make antivirus software. Put your fucking tongue away." <laughs> yeah, oh, he God. he just he seemed like a mercenary. Yeah. But like mm. One that didn't really like have the balls to be a mercenary. He right. just the the living in the jungle part he could handle. Then he just hired a team of people to shoot guns around him. Yeah, he had the he had the trappings of a mercenary, except when he uh, you know allegedly killed his neighbor. That was, uh, that was there was that. He that was did wild. allegedly do that. Uh-huh. All right, so rest in peace, John McAfee. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, sure. More so, more so than Rumsfeld. That's the worst part. Is I'm like, uh-huh. you know what? I yeah. mean, of the, on this list, he's not the worst. <laughs> yeah, I and like... the list also includes Bernie Madoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's he's by far not the. Well, I don't. Yeah, yeah. He's still he's still not the worst. Uh, so that's our episode. Hell Ooh. yeah. Do we do we have I'm I'm going to tell you right now people at home buckle up. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Danger. Uh, Countless Thousands is uh playing shows again you guys. It's so good. It's so very very good. We got a new bassist, we got a new drummer. This is a really cool story, but the bassist uh is from a band that I listened to in high school. Like, the CD that I bought was like, "Oh man, you know what? I could play music too." It's 1999. Yeah. And then like you know 20 years later, he's like, I would love to play music with you. So it was like a big full circle thing. It was wonderful. He's really great. And Eric Drummer is a sweetheart, and he's great. Patreon.com slash Countless Thousands. Please support us. Um, it's helping us get back on the stage and, and be productive. It's very exciting. Uh, it's good, and we make good music. Countless Thousands. You probably already know that, but please support us. It's the theme song to this very podcast. Rivers. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rivers Langley. You can check out my podcast. It's called The Goods from the Woods. It comes Woo. out every Tuesday. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash thegoodspod. If you'd like to come and see me do stand-up down south, I'll be there in December, December 13th at Star Community Bar in Little Five Points in Atlanta, Georgia. December 16th, the Tipsy Daisy in Griffin, Georgia. December 18th, Third Coast Comedy Club in Nashville, Tennessee. And December 23rd, come see me stand up live in Huntsville, Alabama. Woo! Hell yeah. Uh, I don't have anything to plug. Let's get out of here. Rivers, say goodbye. Guten bye. <laughs> Danger, say goodbye. A happy Hanukkah, everybody. Cheers. All right. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Mwah.